Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Live Now. It's been fun while it lasted, but Leeds bid farewell to Bielsa. We discuss if it was the right decision. Away from the Premier League, Liverpool get their hands on the League Cup trophy. Could this be the first of many this season? We review other talking points and look ahead to Game Week 28. All these and more on the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Life Now. Hi everyone, I'm Raushan. And I'm Deepan. Raushan, a sad week. Uh, one of my favourite gaffers is gone from the English Premier League. That's of course uh, Marcelo Bielsa. And I also had to see Liverpool lift a trophy uh, over the weekend. And of course, United couldn't find a way past Watford. So much of misery. They say bad things come in three. Lah, so you got it out of the way. Don't worry. But you are forward. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we discuss those things, uh, it's my turn to pose the trivia question. Uh, of course, like I discussed, Marcelo Bielsa is gone. Uh, in comes American manager Jesse Marsh. Uh, my question to you is quite simple, I think. Uh, I just need you to tell me who was the last American gaffer in the Premier League wow. and who did he coach? Bob Bradley Fulham. Wow. Uh, the name is correct, but the team is wrong. Oh, Bob Bradley. Uh, oh, fuck. Aston Villa? Nope. I'll come back. Bob Bradley for somebody. I'll come back. Okay, fine. Wait, wait, uh, before that, can I get a clue? What colour jersey that team have? Wow, this one too easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, is but that team can, still in the Premier League? Okay, I can give you another clue. Uh, he only lasted 85 days in the job. Oh, wow. So that could give uh, you an indication of, of where the team went. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Alright, now let's start by reviewing Game 27 uh, with the Live Now match of the week, which was Manchester United nil, Watford nil. Wow, Raushan, I missed the start of this game, as you know. Uh, but I watched back the, the the starting highlights. And of course, I, I had to sit through the second half. Uh, to me, it was a miserable watch. Because as much as a lot of people said that, you know, United did well, performed well. And, and yes, I agree to a certain extent where United bossed the game. I think there's no denying that. But when you're playing against a side like Watford, uh, who are struggling in, in relegation, to give them a clean sheet, to me, it's it's an indication of where United are at. Uh, and to me, with that result, I feel United have no chance to end up in fourth spot. And to me, that was the, the last game, you know, in a sense, it's either a win or bust game. And they couldn't win it. Why do you think that was the case? Yeah, I think why that was the case is purely bad finishing. I think uh, Manchester United created so many chances in that game. Yet the fact that they could not put away at least one was, was shocking. And to your point, to give a relegation-threatened Watford a clean sheet at Old Trafford? Nah. That's that's not going to get you into the top four by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you consider the fixtures that United have coming up in March, right? So it'll be it'll be a struggle here on fourth. I do think there's a lot of stat merchants going around on Twitter saying, yeah, we under Rangnick, we're creating plenty of chances. But clearly the 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 lack of finishing up front has cost us in more games than once, none more so apparent than the Watford game. And I think a big problem. The reason for that big problem is Ronaldo, he's horribly out of form. And at the moment, there is nobody who can come and shoulder that responsibility with him. We've seen Edison Cavani, in fact, when was the last time we saw Edison Cavani in a red kit? So I think it's a it's an issue of Rangnick not having many options at his disposal. And there's not a lot of people who can come in and take that burden off 
uh, Ronaldo at the moment. I mean, you look at Ilanga, you look at Sancho, they are informed wingers. But if you're relying on your wingers to be your match winners when you can't count on a striker to get you the goals, then you're going to struggle. And that's what continues to frustrate me with this Manchester United team. And I, I am looking at our run of fixtures in March and I do fear for the worst. I, I have a sneaky feeling we'll get it done in the Cup, Champions League that is, but I, I do think it's going to be a difficult, difficult month in the league with Man City, Tottenham and Liverpool on the horizon. You know, for me, I think the, the frustrating part is that it's almost as if I hate to be to be correct, but in a sense, I, I did talk about Ronaldo being an issue long, long, long time ago. Uh, and at that time, I think it was uh, the fact that he was scoring winners for us papered over the cracks almost. But to me, I, I foresaw this coming. You know, in, in a certain sense, when you have someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, a lot of the players are going to be playing it to him. He's going to be the focal point of what we do. Uh, and unfortunately, Ronaldo has been abysmal. Uh, to me, at the rate that he's performing, he wouldn't start for any other club in the Premier League. And, and to me, that's the, the fact of it. Uh, as much as you know, United have a lot of these fanboys who really put Ronaldo on a pedestal, they've got to be honest with themselves. Ronaldo hasn't been near even half decent enough for us. Uh, and that is the problem. And as much as I don't, I don't want to talk about Mason Greenwood, essentially, he is a big miss for us because he was also scoring for us those goals. And to suddenly take a first-team starter out of the team and not have a replacement for him has also been hard for us. Uh, like you said, I thought Ilanga showed flashes of, of some promise, uh, but he's not at the stage of his career where he's going to bring us winners uh, week in, week out. Uh, and then you add the fact that Rashford is, is not in the best of forms. You add the fact that Bruno has not looked like Bruno for many weeks now. So it is painful to watch United at the moment, uh, and that I have to say, uh, and then like, you talked about the fiction list. I look at what's coming up next. You know, I, I really fear for the worst as well. You know, what, what are we going to do again against Manchester City? Um, yeah, I think that's the problem. Sorry to interrupt. I think that's the problem where you know, there's a whole list of out-of-form players you mentioned, right? And are these players going to show up for the big games? I feel like Manchester United of the old might take the challenge by the scruff of the neck, but I do feel they might cower in the face of the opponents they face over the next few weeks. And that's my biggest worry. And yeah, I, I I find it very, very difficult to watch Manchester United at the moment. I still do watch Manchester United because they're my team and I love them, but it's painful. Definitely. I think we'll end it with that because there is more pain to come in the coming weeks. I'm sure we'll discuss <laughs> it at great length. Uh, moving on to Liverpool, of course, who clinched the League Cup uh, on penalties after the game ended nil-nil in regulation time. Uh, Raushan, at this point, you know, do you see Liverpool adding to the League Cup? Yeah, I think I think I think they will add at least one more trophy. What trophy that is going to be, time will tell. They are aiming for all three remaining trophies, but on paper they look very good. We talked about it uh, in the build-up to it that it will give them great belief if they do win. And I think Jurgen Klopp got their hoodoo of not winning a Wembley final prior to this. So how that game ended nil-nil is beyond me. I think uh, it's one of those games where if Chelsea had won, you couldn't begrudge them the victory either because it was so evenly poised. For 120 minutes, that was heavy metal football at its best without a goal, somehow without a goal. And I think one match that will remain in my memory for a long, long time. Having said that, Liverpool worthy victors in the end and nice storyline, a lot of feel-good things coming around uh, the camp, the Liverpool camp since the victory. And lest we forget, Mo Salah 
had a heartbreak at the AFCON finals and now he's almost mended that heartbreak with uh, silverware success and he's hungry for more as suggested by his social media post, right? One down, that was his quite cryptic social media post, shall we say. So he's obviously got his eyes set on bigger prizes and when you look at the form they're in, when you look at the ball firmly being in their court, especially in the Champions League, they've got essentially got the job done in the first leg. I mean, I say that half hoping that there's a miracle but... Liverpool look in very good nick and we talk about ebb and flows. I think Liverpool are at peaking at the right time in the season and I think that's a scary, scary prospect for all the rest of the teams they're going to face for the rest of the year. Yep, uh, moving on from Liverpool, just want to bring in Chelsea here a bit. Uh, even though they have not played in the Premier League in the last round, of course, just like Liverpool. But I thought they put in an improved performance from what we've seen uh, over the last couple of weeks. I thought they actually took the game to Liverpool. I think in the opening few minutes, you know, unlucky not to have uh, found the back of the net. Uh, do you think this bodes well for the Blues as well? Because as much as we talk about Liverpool and Manchester City, yes, we might discount the fact that Chelsea are not in the in the title race. Uh, but there has been some talk, at least some chatter, that you know they could slip up from third, uh, and it could open up two potential Champions League spots at third and fourth. Do you still see that Chelsea will be co- will be confident given the performance that they can solidify third spot at least? I think third is a stretch for the chasing pack. I do think Chelsea have got a handle on it almost. And I do think this Chelsea team have too much depth. When when we, when you think about it, they've tied it through losing their first choice fullbacks. Yes, they've been out of form here and there and that's seen them slip out of the title race. But they have too much to not finish in that top four, I feel. And essentially, when you look at the point difference as well, I do think they are fairly comfortable in uh, third position. They've got two games in hand over fourth place. Manchester United and a three-point lead. Of course, further down, Arsenal have games in hand. But I do suspect Chelsea have enough in them to to secure a top-four finish. Whether that will be a success for Tuchel, I'm not sure. Uh, I I know they won the the Club World Cup and stuff like that. But hey, he he delivered the Champions League in his first half season. So they would have expected him to build on that. I do think there are various problems at the club in terms of Lukaku and Werner who came on and didn't do much, shall we say. And if you're bringing on your two top strikers and late on in a game, hoping to get a result, it speaks volumes of the state of affairs they are in, right? So I think Chelsea have big problems to address when the season ends, but I do see them comfortably qualifying into the Champions League next year and then building on from there. Yep. uh, To talk about their fellow challengers, or at least it appeared earlier on in the season, Manchester City, uh, were fortunate to get a 1-0 victory over Everton in the last Very round. Very fortunate. Oh, wow, where do we start with this one? That, that handball. I mean, I saw certain fans, uh, of course, from the blue section, trying to justify why that was not a penalty to say that, you know, it was sleeve or, or whatnot. But to me, if that's not handball, then what is? Yeah, I mean, uh, in the past couple of hours, at the time of recording, the PGMOL has come out and issued an apology to Everton. So that clearly debunks the Blues who have been trying to say this was, wasn't handball or something like that. So I feel I feel Everton can feel very, very hard done by because to your point, to your question, if that isn't handball, what is, right? So it's, it's, it's beggar's belief that that wasn't given as handball. I do think Everton are in such a difficult position that they will feel they could have at least salvaged a draw. And for that to go begging from their hands, I think they will feel a lot. Yeah, I think it's a good point that you raised about Everton and how they would feel. I think you saw from the post-match scenes uh, how Ashley Cole, who is part of the Everton coaching staff, was livid uh, with the referees. Uh, I I think also from the Manchester City perspective, uh, I thought overall, as much as they dominated possession as you would expect them to, 
they took the game to Everton, you know, really dominated in and around the uh, opposition box. You know, this failure to put away their chances uh, has become a, a theme of a sense uh, in recent games. Uh, you know, whether they will be in this zone for long, I know I'm not quite sure, but I think it's slightly worrying that, you know, at the end of the day, they could only pick up a 1-0 win over Everton, uh, who, you know, have leaked goals in, in recent times. So, is this a sign where City are falling apart almost? You know, I'm not quite sure. I think it's too early. I think it's jumping the gun to say that. Uh, but I think there are some signs there. For Everton, on the other hand, I think there has been a positive performance from this game to take away from as much as, yeah, like you say, you know, no points to show for. But they will gain confidence from the fact that they almost drew a game with the champions. Uh, so, you know, good times for Frank, for Frank Lampard in that sense. But they got to also start picking up points. That is vital. Uh, and speaking of picking up points, uh, one team that hasn't done that and uh, seen the manager pay the price is, of course, Leeds United. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa has departed because Leeds United are on a run of six games without a win. Um, this dates back to since they got a victory over West Ham United in the league. Uh, following that, they've lost 1-0 to Newcastle United, a 3-3 draw to Aston Villa, a 3-0 loss to Everton, and of course, the recent 4-2 loss to United, Manchester United, 6-0 loss to Liverpool, and of course, the last one was the 4-0 loss to Tottenham Hotspur. Raushan, agree with the decision? 100%. I think, I've said it before, I think Bielsa has this streak about, I mean, he's a revolutionary, don't get me wrong, he's, he's got a reputation and he deserves that reputation, but he is stubborn. He's very, very stubborn and that can fall, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? Or is that the saying even? You know what I mean? Basically, it reached a point at Leeds where he didn't have the tools anymore to, to, um, to play the way he wanted and he needed a plan B. He only had his plan A, which is plan B, because B stands for Bielsa. So he, Bielsa ball was his only plan A. And he didn't have a plan B to fall back on, which is functional football when you're deep in a relegation battle. And I think Leeds were right to act because, hey, Premier League survival is everything this day and age with the money involved. And I think they still can drag themselves out of it because I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on the new hiring, Jesse Marsh, but... He's he's known as a player, as a manager who will have an immediate impact in the dressing room in terms of picking the players up. And when you hire a new manager, I say this as a Manchester United fan, but when you hire a new manager, you want that bounce straight away. Uh, and I think Marsh is going to have that bounce on the players and they'll pick up. I don't think they're going to fly clear of the relegation battle. They still might be, it might be still be nip and tuck come the end of the season, but I do think they will eventually do enough Leeds United to, to get out of it. One crazy thing I heard on Twitter or some pundit saying, I think it was Richard Keyes or something like that, he said, it's time for Leeds United to go and get Sam Allardyce after Bielsa sacking, which I found absolutely appalling because it's 2022. You like to think football has moved away from your mid-season hires of Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis, so on and so forth. I think Marsh is a very intelligent signing and I am putting my neck on the line saying they will survive the drop, but even if they don't, I do think they are in good hands under Marsh to bounce back right away, even if they fall into the championship. I tell you what, Raushan, I don't think we, we disagree too much uh, usually, but uh, I disagree on this. So for me, I think when you have someone like Marcelo Bielsa, you hire him for one thing and one thing only, which is the identity of football that he wants to play. Uh, I think when you hire him, you've got to trust him all the way. So I think a major part of why Leeds United have not performed well this season, I will point it to one thing and one thing only. It is the squad. You know, you look at the, the last few starting lineups, there are not many players in there 
who will, you know, Norwich City will look at and want to buy. Of course, the, the obvious uh, exception being Rafinha. But all around the squad, the starting players, because of injuries and whatsoever, have not been good enough. And I think Bielsa has tried to uh, make that work in a sense. But you're not going to expect Bielsa, like you mentioned about a plan B. Bielsa is not someone who is going to have a plan B. I think when you hire someone like Bielsa, you know what they're going to get and you've got to stick with it. I thought that having the patience with him, you know, wait for players like Kelvin Phillips, who again, you know, is the only player in the squad who can play the number six to how Bielsa wants it to be. Someone like Patrick Bamford, who got all the important goals for Leeds United last season, have been big misses. So, you know, I'm not sure about the timescale of when they're back, but I felt that with the squad that they have, I, I don't think a new hire would work. So, as much as I like Jesse Marsh as a manager, I don't think he's going to come in and create the impact. And to me, Leeds United will go down because they've made this change. Because I take talk- your point completely. Sorry to interrupt. I take your point completely about Bielsa having the the philosophy that he sticks to. But when you're deep in a relegation battle, I think the man- the board had no other choice. They cannot risk Premier League survival at the expense of one man and one man only. I take your point about the squad decimated by injuries and COVID. Yeah, Rafinha is probably the only standout player. Dan James hasn't exactly hit the ground running, right? While uh, Since joining Leeds. But essentially, with Premier League survival on the line, I don't think Leeds United had a choice. I really think if they had their way, if they were maybe they picked up points earlier in the season and then towards the tail end, they were plummeting. But clear of relegation, I think they might have stuck to Bielsa because he is respected in those quarters. He brought them up to the Premier League after, what, 19 years or something? 16 yeah, years? Yeah. So, I think I think he he has earned massive, massive plaudits and respect, and rightfully so. But the board's hand was forced purely because they are stuck in a relegation battle. Yeah, I, I agree about the point about being forced. But to me, I just feel also from a personal standpoint where because I like Jesse Marsh so much, I almost feel like he's being put in a lose-lose situation here where I don't see him uh, coming in to change too much here because when you talk about football, yes, Bielsa is quite unique with his uh, man-to-man marking in terms of defending and maybe Jesse Marsh will change that. But in terms of pressing and intensity, Jesse Marsh is quite similar in that sense. So again, I don't see much changing with the direction of Leeds United. Uh, so to me, that is a worry. I think at the end of the day, if Jesse Marsh is to be sacked, if he doesn't keep Leeds United up, then everybody will only know Jesse Marsh as someone who... Oh, who who failed with Leeds United, he's not going to be given another chance at a Premier League club, you know, to so to speak. So, so to me, that is the worry for me. But as much as I would love for Jesse Marsh to do a good job and keep Leeds United up, I don't quite see it happening. I would love for you to be right. Uh, but I guess only time will tell. Uh, I think on that note, let's move on from the past game week uh, where we will look at, of course, our FPL Fantasy Raider. Yep, Raushan, uh, let's talk about players who impressed us in Game Week 27. Would you like to go first? Yes, I'm glad uh, you said I can go first because I was, I'm was i going to be a bit afraid that you're going to steal my pick, right? Because I'm plumping for Che Adams. I think Che Adams has uh, done really well in the past few weeks and deservedly so for Southampton side who are, who are plucky to say the least and they're doing really well picking up important wins. I think they've got good service in James Watt-Prowse and... Che Adams is one of the benefactories of, of that service and I think he's he's gotten a very decent points haul over the past couple of weeks. I'm looking at it now. Game week 24, 7 points, 25, 9 points, 26, 5 points, 27, 6 points including a goal. And then I look at the upcoming fixtures that Southampton have. They have Aston Villa, followed by Newcastle, Watford, Burnley, Leeds. All very winnable fixtures for a Southampton side who, who, who do 
quite well, have gone under the radar a bit. I think you're a big fan of Ralph Hasenzutel, I know. They sit comfortably in ninth, and I, I think above that might be a bit hard for them, but they have proved to be good value, and therefore I'm backing Che Adams in the in the FPL sense this week. All right, I'm going for a bit of a, I would say, logical choice in a sense where people look at new managers and always expect players to get a bounce from that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Leeds' best player, Rafinha. Um, even though they lost the way that they did against Spurs, Rafinha still managed to create six chances uh, against uh, Spurs. So with what they have coming up and with the fact that they have a new manager in the dugout, uh, a double game week on the horizon with Leicester and Villa and then of course Norwich to follow, I think why not you know, plug for Rafinha? Uh, also at 6.5 million, not really a huge uh, sum to, to fork out. Uh, and we know Rafinha, I mean, always, even if Leeds United are not doing well, he's someone who's always in there with a shout to gain some points for you because he's on set pieces as well. Uh, he's always looking forward. Uh, I really like him as a player. You know, if Leeds United get relegated, I hope Manchester United are on the first call to Leeds. Uh, so to me, yeah, Rafinha is my choice uh, on this FPL radar. Who's next for you? Smart decision, uh, Rafinha. I can, I can understand it. For me, my next pick is a bit more obvious. Uh, he doesn't have a double game week coming up, but nonetheless, he did really well in the last week against Leeds, actually. Matt Doherty, for me, uh, really bossed that right wing back position. And we saw in post-match, Conte come out and be effusive with praise about Matt Doherty. And that's not something I've heard from Conte. I mean, he said good stuff about Kane and Son, but above and beyond that, I haven't heard much in terms of the backline. And for that reason and that reason alone, I feel like Doherty will make that position his for the upcoming weeks. Uh, I look at their fixture list. They got Everton coming up and Everton are in a sticky spot. Yes, they have a big game, shall I say, against Manchester United. But above and beyond that, uh, it's a fairly decent fixture list with Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Aston Villa, and then Brighton again. So I think Matt Doherty for me, especially at the price of 4.7 million, is good value. All right, with my first pick, Rafinha, I went with a logical choice uh, using my head. Uh, but for my second choice, I'm going to go with my heart over my head. And that's, of course, Christian Eriksen uh, at Brentford, who made the return to professional football after what happened in the Euros. Uh, I think he is someone we all know, right? Uh, based on what he did with Spurs, with Denmark, with Inter Milan, we know what he can produce. And the fact that he's returned to football clearly means that he's ready to play. Uh, and Brentford are a team in need of points at the moment. Uh, so I see him, you know, being a focal point of the chances that Brentford are going to create in the next few matches. And if you see that fixture list, they've got Norwich, Burnley and Leicester City. Three teams not always known to be keeping clean sheets this season. Uh, so I do see Ericsson getting some good hauls from the next few games. Whether I'm, I'm right, you know, time will tell. Uh, but we know the quality. You know, this is not a, a step in the dark almost. If Ericsson is cleared to play, uh, if he's ready, I think he will produce points for FPL managers. And at this point, you know, if you are listening and you want to put in your advice, do chime in and tweet to us or even DM us on Instagram or comment on our post on Instagram and tell us who has been on your FPL radar. Right, this is Who's Next where we look ahead to matches in the Premier League whilst also picking out some FPL assets to consider. For the forthcoming campaign, Life Now will offer single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for football fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture per match week. And we are fast running out of match days in the Premier League, and that means we'll run out of these free gifts soon as well. So don't forget to go to our Instagram or Facebook page at the Final Whistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. This week's Live Now featured match of the week is Burnley against Chelsea.
Roshan, I mean, I don't normally start with the FPL perspective, but Chelsea are one of those teams uh, who will definitely uh, need to catch up in terms of the matches because, of course, they played uh, in the Club World Cup and, of course, missed the game because of the League Cup as well. Uh, and then you look at Chelsea's upcoming fixtures, not just with Burnley, but after that, you have Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton, Leeds. Uh, you know, on FPL, they've got the fixture, fixture difficulty tracker. You see a row of greens for them. Uh, at this point, I mean, given the fact that I think Rich James probably might return soon, who are you looking at in this Chelsea team? Because at this moment, I've got zero Chelsea players because they have not played much recently. Who would you look to bring in? That's a good question. And uh, Rhys James, it was good to see him back to uh, full fitness almost. I mean, he came off the bench in the League Cup final, but that bodes well for Chelsea. To answer your question about FPL perspective, it's hard to pick a striker, right? Between what they have. but at I least... think it's hard for Tuchel to pick a striker at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but I think they got... It's not a mind-blowingly uh, mind surprising option that I'm going to go for, but they have attacking midfielders who will get you goals. Uh, you got your Kai Havertz, you got your Pulisic, you got your Mason Mount. I even throw Ziyech into the mix. Whether he's fully fit, I don't know. But I do think it's one of those attacking midfielders. If I had to choose one, I feel like my money would be on Havertz based on what he's done in the recent few weeks. But I also have a soft spot for Mount almost because we know what he's capable of and how important he can be to this Chelsea team. And when you talk us through the run of fixtures there, all he needs is one or two goals to get going, to get a good momentum going, going into the end of the season, right? So it'll be a toss-up between Mount or Havertz for me. All right. Uh, just want to talk about the opposition, Burnley. Uh, in the last three matches, of course, they have picked up seven points, uh, which includes Impressive. three 0 wins over Brighton, uh, one 0 win over Spurs, and of course, the 1-1 draw against Crystal Palace, despite playing as a wayside. Uh, at the time of recording, of course, they've not played their remaining fixture of the current game week against Leicester City. Interested to see what they come up with. But do you see them getting an upset here uh, against Chelsea? I don't think so. I think it's going to be tough for Burnley. I mean, I'll be highly surprised if Burnley pull off a result against Chelsea. That would speak volumes of the trouble Chelsea might find themselves in. But I do think Chelsea will come back to the league with a vengeance. They'll miss it. The players will miss it. They, they, I mean... They do well in cup competitions, but the league is their bread and butter, right? And I'm sure they'll be relishing returning to the Premier League. And against, uh, to steal a quote from the last podcast, if they can't do it against a relegation-threatened Burnley, then Chelsea are in trouble. As you said about Manchester United against Watford last week, but look how that one panned out. So you never know, but I do suspect Chelsea will win this quite comfortably. Uh, give us your prediction. I say 3-0 Chelsea. Hmm. I I'm going to go for an upset here. I think Burnley have got momentum in their hands. Of course, this could bomb if they you know, lose heavily to, to Leicester after this recording. But I, I do see them picking up something against Leicester. I think the momentum momentum will only build. Uh, I'm going for a 1-1 here. And I, I suspect Weghorst uh, will be a tough one for Chelsea's defence to handle. Uh, so if you've got Weghorst in your team, you know, might be wise to keep him in your starting eleven, which is something that I, I hope to do as well. Uh, moving on to other games, I think tasty fixture to start off our game week because it's Jesse Marsh's first game as Leeds United. Uh, manager and it's against Leicester City who of course haven't been in the greatest of forms as well you know uh, what if I were Jesse Marsh just sorry if I was Jesse Marsh I would have waited for the Leicester City job boy quite honestly because Brendan Rodgers possibly is going to be out of a job at some point right I mean I don't know I guess a club like Leeds is too good to turn down because of the history but considering they're troubling it doesn't really give you guarantee you Premier League football next year right so I would have waited for the Leicester City job but to your point what a tasty fixture to kick us off on match day 28 Exactly. Uh, of course, Leicester's only wins in the last few games have come in the UEFA Conference League where they ran out 3-1 and 4-1 winners over Danish club Randers FC. 
but you know, in the league at the moment, you know, they're coming off the back of a two-one loss to Wolverhampton Wanderers, a two-nil loss to Liverpool, uh, and also a two-two draw against West Ham United. You know, they, will they be looking at this game as one where they have got to win, or do you think that you know because Leeds United have this new manager bounce and whatnot that you see this going to the wayside? Uh, I do think Leicester will go into it needing a win. I think confidence is bereft at their club. They haven't won any in their last five in the league. Uh, I don't think Conference League victories... I mean, they're supposed to give you some sort of confidence. It is a cup competition that Rogers will hope to go deep into. But I think Leicester in a bad, bad way almost. I, I do I do feel for Rogers. I think he's out of a job. Nothing will save him at the end of the season, I feel. And Leeds United, that new manager bounce, if they can pick up three points away at Leicester on Marsh's first game, I think that's going to set them up well for the rest of the season. I suspect Leeds United are going to do this and I think there'll be a, it'll be a humdinger of a fair 3-2 to Leeds. Well, I'm expecting something similar as well. Uh, but I think given the fact it's a first game, uh, I do agree with you that I think Leeds probably could get something out of this, but I'm going for a 2-2 draw. Uh, hopefully, Rafinha on the score sheet and uh, FPL listeners will be thanking me after that. Uh, one last game that I want to look at in detail, unfortunately, is the Manchester Derby, right? Uh, it's a Sunday night, Monday morning, 12.30am fixture. <sighs> Roshan, any chance? Never say never. Uh, never say never. Uh, this will be Ralph's biggest test since he arrived at the club. Uh, we are playing away against champions elect, I dare say. Uh, I mean, Liverpool fans don't get offended, but City are still the team to beat, right? As long as they're top of the pile. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, I, As much as my heart says United will do something, my head says City are going to get the job done almost. And and I I find it difficult to believe that Manchester United will pull the rabbit out of the head of this one. I, you say this is the last game you want to look ahead to, but... I don't even have much to say because I'm that bereft of confidence as is United strike force at the moment. So I suspect City will win this fairly comfortably. You see, the only thing that's uh, giving me some semblance of confidence is the fact that I think City over the last few game weeks haven't always looked that sharp. Uh, I think for this particular fixture, uh, it's a one-off, right? I mean, derbies are always one-offs. And I think City will rise to the occasion, which only means trouble for Manchester United. I've been looking at getting Riyad Mahrez out of my team for some time now because of the fact that he hasn't always been starting. Uh, but, you know, I'm just going to keep him inside the team for a little longer because if he gets, a, I think even if he gets 30 minutes in this game, there's always a chance he's going to score against this United backline, uh, which hasn't always looked the best uh, in recent weeks. I mean, you saw how Atletico Madrid dominated Manchester United. What more Manchester City? My, my, biggest, fear, my biggest fear here is City are going to toy with us. They're gonna. We've seen that in the past couple of years where the scoreline is not as emphatic as, for example, when Liverpool trashed us 5-0. But it might be a clinical 2-0 victory, but you know your team stood no chance at all. I think that's my biggest fear going to uh, this weekend's game. I'll still wake up to watch it. I mean, I'll still be up to watch it, but it's going to be painful to watch, I suspect. Prediction, Roshan? Wow. 2-0 City. Uh, I'm going to go for times two. Uh, I think it'll be 4 0 City. Uh, I mean, just just purely because I don't see us scoring because we haven't looked like uh, we we can have the ability to put the chances away. I don't know. Maybe Ronaldo comes up clutch, but I feel like that's almost more a wish than anything else. Uh, yeah, to me, I think a comfortable victory for City. Anything. Your point about that? your point about Ronaldo coming up clutch it has to happen eventually, right? It hasn't <laughs> happened all year. Why not against City? Clutch. But 
clutch spoil bro need to send service <laughs> but if if you cho- if you want me to choose when the clutch will arrive I'd rather do it against Liverpool with all due respect uh so I think uh if I can wait I'll wait if I had to choose for United win in the fixtures Uh, against City, Spurs and Liverpool, I'll undoubtedly choose the Liverpool one so I can wait for the Ronaldo clutch then. Fantastic. Uh, let's of course end off the show with our captain's pick uh, in Captain O. Captain Raushan, uh, I'll start first. Uh, I'm looking at these upcoming fixtures uh, where of course there are certain double game weeks for some teams. Uh, Wolves, Watford, Leeds, Villa, Saints and Newcastle all have double game weeks. Uh, so I think the ideal choice would be to go for a captain who has a, a double fixture. Uh, and I'm looking at Villa. Uh, of course, they play Southampton at home and also Leeds. Uh, but but they haven't looked that sharp. You know, even in the latest victory against Brighton, they were not really firing on all cylinders. Uh, Coutinho started uh, his uh, comeback to the Premier League very well, but since then has gone a bit quiet. So I think it's about time he comes good again. Uh, I think if you have Coutinho in your team, I think he is going to be a very popular option for FPL managers. Um, and I already do have Jacob Ramsey in my team, uh, but I still think I will bring in Philip Coutinho and captain him. What about you? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth, Fred. You you do have to plump for a player going into a double game week. I think for FPL players like me who are playing catch-up, you need to bank on double game week bringing you some uh, merit. So... Coutinho is an excellent choice. I think Coutinho uh, might do well, especially, I think Aston Villa, I take your point, they haven't exactly been firing all cylinders, but the last victory was important against Brighton for Gerrard because I'm not saying he would have got sacked or anything, but he was under a fair bit of pressure. So that was an important victory that will give confidence to the rest of the squad, especially going into a double game week. For me, I feel, I mean, this is possibly a very bold choice almost, but a Newcastle option almost seems enticing to 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 captain to back because they got Brighton and then they got Saints and Newcastle a team in great form uh, if you ask me at the start of the season whether I will ever say this probably not but why not Joe Linton I feel Joe Linton has come to life man under ADL he's a different player he's enjoying the fans he's getting some great service into the box and his height he's always a threat so they're going up against Brighton and Saints and maybe Joe Linton will come out Trump so Possibly Joe Linton is a left, 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 left field option for the armband. I just want to throw in one name here. Of course, we saw Spurs and you know how they played against Leeds United. Of course, that's Leeds, open Leeds. Uh, Everton uh, visiting Spurs in, in the upcoming game with Harry Kane, Son Heung-min, even though it's one one fixture. Possibly, possibly. But uh, I mean, based on form, it's hard to tell. But we saw how Everton performed against Man City. So are you expecting a rampant Spurs performance against Everton? I have my doubts. I, I, I do think at the moment, Spurs are a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, for those of us who captained Harry Kane over the past week, we got lucky because that was a good performance. Spurs have lacked consistency all year. So they might struggle against Everton team who will have something to prove, right? Having been stolen a point almost, uh, stolen the chance to get a point against City. I think they'll come into this. And Everton are fast running out of game, so they have to show up sooner or later. And against a team like Spurs, who do tend to struggle sometimes, I wouldn't be surprised if Everton pull off an upset. So I'm not going to put my head around, or my armband around uh, Kane or Son. All right, Rauscher, I think on that note, we can end the episode. Uh, again, you know, to all listeners, do chime in and, and get involved in our discussion. Tell us your thoughts. Of course, we've got the TFW Telegram page and also Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, again, Rashan, thank you so much. But before we go, you want to try one last time for trivia? Yes, uh, Bob Bradley was at 
Reading. Wow. That's uh, not close at all. I'm going to give you the answer since we're at the end of the episode. Uh, Bob Bradley managed Swansea for 85 days. Ah, I knew that. In 2016. Uh, besides him, there was also David Wagner, uh, who is German-born, but he's a former US international who managed Huddersfield uh, in the mm. Premier League from 2017 to 19. Interesting. Uh, well done. Yeah, hopefully, uh, Jesse Marsh can perform better than these two guys did. Uh, wishing him all the best and I do hope to see Leeds stay in the Premier League because I think it's a club that uh, we all I wouldn't say love but we like in the Premier League United fans saying he likes Leeds you heard it here first cheers guys (laughs) see you next week